and a mouse keep running, running and 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 running, running Welcome back to the Weird Science Marvel Comics Podcast, where me and my man Jason will be going through a bunch of books this week, and we'll talk about in a little bit the idea that Marvel ended up dropping a ton of books this week, a holiday week or leading into the holidays. What we ended up deciding to do is, keeping a couple of the books aside, we're going to end up talking about a bunch of those next week in a week that Marvel isn't releasing a ton of books, or at least not as much. But we still have some pretty darn big books here for this episode. But before we get into that, let me tell you a couple things. Go over to Twitter at WSMarvelComics. Follow us, we'll follow you back. Also go to our website, WeirdScienceMarvelComics.com, where we are reviewing more and more issues each and every week. Me and my man Gabe are reviewing things over there on the Marvel side of things, and then go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash weird science, and that gives us a little help, gives us a little inspiration, but it's not just blind love. I I know there, you know, sometimes there's love at first sight, blind love, all these things going on. I don't know that I've ever heard anybody say blind love, but hey, love is blind, I hear. Uh, But it's going there and getting a ton of shows in return, each level that you end up subscribing to you get more and more shows all the way to the tippy tippy top when you become a a badass of the get fresh crew beep boop and again a lot of people have asked me in the past what is the get fresh crew all this stuff and the beep booping and, and that nonsense and things like that get fresh crew is just what everybody is when you listen to our podcast you're all part of it right now if you're listening to it right now you may not even know it that you're part of the get fresh crew and as I ended up saying this week on the DC Comics podcast that we do, you're also then considered one of the weirdos. And I say it's weird-o. You're a weirdo because, you know, we love the comics and we love all the things about them, love Marvel, all that thing. So you are a weirdo in the Get Fresh crew. Uh-uh. But, again, that's just listening. If you want to be a badass, you go over to the Patreon, get up there, go all the way to the top level and whatnot. And then you get to start picking things that we do. One of those being the weekly spotlight, which every Thursday night, we have two books picked by the badasses of the Get Fresh crew. Uh-uh. And the two that they picked this week were Amazing Spider-Man number 82 and Miss Marvel Beyond the Limit number one. So if you want to complete this week off by listening to that show, which is about an hour long for those two books. Me and Jason going through both of those, had fun doing it as well. You go over to the Patreon, go, and that you don't have to be a badass to listen to that. That's one of the lower levels, one of the lowest levels. You get the spotlight. You can go over and check out all the levels, all that stuff. Again, weird science, or patreon.com slash weird science. I'm supposed to get this right. Maybe I should edit that. I won't, but maybe I should. But with all of that, one of the caveats of being a badass is you also get to be on the badass roll call. Ah, uh, ah. Uh, 
I always want to rap when I hear that I'm just not a very good rapper. Who, who do I think I am? Lisa from Blackpink? I am not. I'm not even close. Here are the badasses. Jacob Benson, Ronnie G Comics and Pop Reviews, Ted Probst, I Love Punchline, Michael S. Forrest Pauly, Cam, Joseph Wybsick, Matt Razor, Demon 3000, Lady Abby and Lord Andy, Matches Malone, Niels Tewart, David Fink, Joey Bercasco, Stephen Baum, Jason C. He's coming up later with me. 242 to you and me as well. Michael G. Ken Halleck, Comic Boom Arake, Cellar Dweller, Mark Jager, Aldrin Stoja, Nick Adams, Bill Beer from the Bat Pod, Ruben, Carlos, Lone Wolf Marv, Luke Hollywood, Simon, Luis, Manship, Andrew and Belfast, Swanee, Anthony G., Josh Vermillion, my man Pete from NYC, Batman Beyond, Mark, our man Rob Lewis, Brandy Murray, that's B. Muir up there in Buffalo, and all the way out there in the Minnesotas, Double A Ron, shout out to all of the badasses and a big shout out to the all time badass Reggie. And so, yeah, that's one of the things you get on that level. You get your name probably mispronounced and fumbled through by me. Isn't that such a treat? I mean, there's the no prize and then there's that. You know, you know what I'm saying. But yeah, again, everybody listening right now, you're part of the Get Fresh crew uh -uh, and you're a weirdo, weird slash. Oh, I just have to spell that out. So we're going to go off now. Me and Jason are going to go through a bunch of books some really big ones. We'll see what we like, what we don't, and all of that right about now. All right, now I'm here with my man Jason. What up, Jason? Hello, Jim. How are you? Hello. Great. Holiday week, and we have mm -hmm. a bunch of presents here. We have a bunch Very of nice. books, big books. We have a bunch of big books and a lot of books. And I guess the idea was Marvel thought, let's just get all of this out before the holidays, mm -hmm. and then we'll have a couple next week and we're going to combine it's some a stuff. big week for bird watching this week too not really? sure if you saw that news. yeah i there's did not a, see that news. there's a stellar sea eagle that showed up in massachusetts right near me and it's it's crazy because this is a bird that lives in like siberia and japan so this is a lost bird and because it's, it's a huge eagle right it's like bigger than a bald eagle it's like an eight foot wingspan giant bird so that means that it's been in america for a while now and it, it stands out you know, this is not a bird that can hide in the woods and nobody knows it's there. So this bird has been seen in Cal in, in the Northwest. It's been seen in Texas. It's been seen in Nova Scotia. So it's just all over the place. And it's they all think over. it's the it, one yeah, bird. That, it's got, that, it's got like a distinctive particular pattern to it. Plus, this bird is literally never seen in the lower in, 48. In the deal. So, That's crazy. So, so I went looking for it yesterday. I did not find it. I did find a, another bird, a, a pink-footed goose, that's lost from the other direction. He should be in like Greenland or, or England, and he's in Massachusetts. So it was like, yeah, I'm in my basement. I don't see crap. That's what <laughs> I, you know, I'm sitting there, and I'm I'm gonna I can end up, you know, probably identifying certain spores and okay, fungi cool. is what I go. should Kinda do, like right? A, Egon and Ghostbusters, yes, right. exactly. And with that, I you, when you're saying this, and everybody getting online, probably you probably go to some websites and some you know message boards, and oh, it sure. reminds me of. When my wife was painting those rocks, and then you'd have like a thing where if somebody finds us, go to the Facebook group. My wife just sat there, and I got so sad because nobody found her. Rocks. Oh, oh and she would go every day. She was so. This always happens to anybody in my family, but it makes me sad when it happens to my wife. She's every day. Well, see if somebody found the rock. 
Nobody found the rock. Again, I tried to figure out if I could pretend. I almost set up like a burner account. <laughs> hey, here I am in St. Louis. I oh, found no. your rock. Oh, I felt bad. Little, but, uh, little so, painted rock hand puppet. Exactly. I, I felt bad for her. But Sock the puppet. birds are going around. Now, with that, I, I think that Greta might. You know, say at some point that there might be a reason why these birds are going different places where they shouldn't be, but who knows? Probably because people just keep painting rocks. That's not good for the environment. That's not good. Yeah, really. Plus, my wife with that, she used a lot of hairspray back in the day. She had so she does it all. (laughs) She ruins the environment all over the place. But we have four books here today, and we end up we're going to talk about a bunch of the stuff that came out this week. We're going to shift it to next week. Uh, with some of the stuff that comes out as well, get the big right. bangers out Even there as what Hollywood out. says. Yeah, and with that, you kind of do end up, you know, you know, not to be just blowing your load here because we have a bunch of things. We have, you know, Black Panther, big book. We have Venom, New Ooh, Ron, sure. big book. Moon Knight that we're going to start, but also Avengers Forever that will get to the end. So we're going to have some some big stuff here. We're going to start with Moon Knight now. A little bit before we start recording. You know, I do my normal, and if anybody's recorded with me, I'm miserable as hell before we do I, any I don't know. sort what of are recording. You talking about Jim, this is, this is my shocked face. Ask Eric when I I yell at him. At least I don't yell at you. But we get, and I'm like, eh, I'm not really liking. Now with that, once we get through this, I usually do get a little more spirited, but also I I like some things more when somebody's a little more positive on them. I'm not so positive on these books. I'm going to tell you right now. So by the end, if my scores end up like what was he talking about? That's all, Jason. I'll, it's I'll the be the Pollyanna this time. You are the gem that is going to, and I'm trying to find the gem sound. There we go. You're also the kazoo for some reason. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why you're that, but we're going to start with Moon Knight, and this is Moon Knight number six, written by Jeb McKay, art by Alessandro Capuccio, colors by Rachel Rosenberg, letters by VC's Corey Petit, horoscope part two it is. While defending his neighborhood, Moon Knight has made several new allies, including the vampire assistant Reese, local Terry, oh, Terry, and the reformed Hydra veteran nicknamed Soldier Moon Knight. Who knew that the, you know, the Hydra guy is the good guy, right? And I, and I, I actually like Soldier, though I want a little more of him. Moon Knight is also you, you a think hidden Jim enemy. Cage just meant to come up with a name for him. He's going to be a soldier. I'll, go, I'll come up with a name later. and then just Yeah, exactly. It, it, maybe. I, I'll go with it. <laughs> it's kind of it is kind of Placeholder. funny. Like, he's like, now. "Hey, I like you. What's your name? Cab driver? No, no, no. I mean your name. No, my first name, <laughs> Cab. Last name, driver. And really, with that, it is that trope of if you have that last name. I mean, if you're Johnny Bricklayer in a comic book universe, you're either going to be horrible at basketball or you're going to work as a bricklayer. So that's or, all you're going to get. You're going to be in adult films. That exactly. Well, that would be good too, right? Yeah. Johnny Bricklayer. Also, <laughs> bricklayer. Manuel in case you need to change professions. Exactly. That, that was actually my radio name in Salt Lake City. <laughs> Moon Knight is also have a hidden enemy who is secretly observing him from the shadows and sending challengers his way. Soldier was kidnapped by Moon Knight's mysterious enemy. Terry revealed that he was actually the villainous Zodiac and has been Moon Knight's secret nemesis all along. An injured Moon Knight managed to save Soldier but couldn't prevent Zodiac from bombing the Midnight Mission. So this issue ends up by the end showing you that, you know, the home is where the heart is and the Midnight Mission is where the Moon Knight sits down anyway. But you do start with a fight. 
you continue this battle and you pick it, it looks right cool. up from the last issue yeah i mean exactly where it is and zodiac slash terry is is beating the crap out of mark uh, really taking him down and i love the idea that when you fight moon knight and you knock him down he makes a crescent in the street with his cape that, that was pretty cool though i thought that that yeah, was that a cool nice. little deal yeah uh and the idea of you know i'm i don't want to kill you i want to break you that's all i'm doing i'm going to break you uh and while that's going on reese runs off to get Bader, Dr. Bader, who right. we we're not told that, that first page. We see her run off. We see she's going for help. We see some dialogue about how, you know, I don't want to be here. You don't like me, but he needs help. So we're not shown exactly who it is, but it, it quickly becomes clear. Yeah. And this is the, she's the hero of the story because what she does is go against what the norm would be. This impresses Bader. This impresses the 100 Moon. Because of the idea that they are kind of enemies and he realizes, okay, she is good. She is trying to help Moon Knight, all that. So he suits up and shows, and it's cool. I like the art in this. This is a very quick moving uh, issue as it usually is. But you do have, you know, a little bit of fancy talk. In this, the idea of accept what what is a god, what is religion, what is something that you have to have faith in, and isn't as tangible as say math or maybe birds, right? You end up where the hunter's mm. moon. We get a kind of a, is it a forced way, but you need a little background for him, and he gets to tell his background because he does end up saving Mark and then is stitching him up. The art. Is weird when you have those scenes. It, it felt a little not well, completed in my mind. It's what I think is going on is we're kind of seeing what through Mark's eyes, through his his mind, because he is all knocked out. He's beat up, so he's kind of having visions while he's hearing this story from Doctor Batter. I'm saying so him himself on the Kanshu. table, right? Do you, do you see that art when you see his face and things? It just it didn't seem right. I don't know. He looks like he's in like a boy band. He looks like a, the guy from uh, I, I Color Me Bad. Do you remember mm. that? You he, like Color Me Bad back then? He does look day? much cooler in <laughs> yes, uniform than just being a dude. He kind of just looks like a regular guy out, out of his costume. Exactly. Somebody has to look up Color Me Bad and you'll know exactly the guy I'm talking about. But with, with all that, yeah, he sees visions. You go from there because okay. that is, that's pretty cool. I mean, I do like, and you need some background if you're going to yeah, continue this a, with a this neat, character. A neat way of telling. So we're, we're getting a background dump here. So Dr. Batter's telling his story, which could be boring, but I like the way he does it because there's some really cool stuff going at the same time. So we see Mark is all beat up. He's being patched up by, you know, he's a doctor, Dr. Batter, and he's also having visions of Khonshu. So we know Khonshu's all kind of locked up because he messed around with Earth. So Khonshu should not be able to be in contact with Mark now. So we don't know if this really is Khonshu, if it's just his imagination because he's gotten his ass kicked so badly. And so there's, there's a couple of things going on at the same time. He's being stitched up. We see these kind of visions of, of Mark as Moon Knight kind of mixed in with Dr. Batter's backstory, where he was a kid in Egypt, Luxor, which is you know, where the pyramids are, where a lot of pyramids are. And his deal is he was a really smart kid, and he was born to a Muslim family, and he did all the prayers and all the rituals, but he never, he never felt it. He never felt that connection to God. And he becomes a doctor, and he becomes a complete materialist, rationalist, doesn't believe in anything outside of what he can see and touch and feel. Yeah, exactly. 
And and I like that play because it it does set up how big then the Conchu stuff would have been right. for him. Because I, I this, love this, this, yeah. this double page spread where we see kind of Mark in the foreground as Moon Knight and Dr. Batter's story kind of happening in the background overlaid with each other. And at the same time, we see Dr. Batter doing, at first it looks like he's doing regular doctor stuff, kind of sewing him up, patching him up, giving him some bandages. But then he puts like a, a white crescent symbol on his chest, which, okay, sure, they're both acolytes of Khonshu, that's fine. And then he starts putting on more bandages, kind of a lot of bandages. And, a lot. Hmm. Like, like, like he's a, like a, like a, he's a mummy. <laughs> uh, he's yeah. not a wolf man. <laughs> he's the mummies. And I, I actually like that. It fades into this so gradually that it just kind of dawns on the reader. Oh, oh no. Oh my God. Uh, yeah, yeah. And the funny <laughs> thing is, like you said, the progression is pretty good. So you're already getting me to like it a little more because when he puts that crescent, yeah, you're like, okay, I get it. You know, that it's Conchu right. stuff. Okay, he's Moon Knight. This makes sense. It's but like you a realize doctor might visit you in the hospital and put the sign, sign of the cross. You exactly. Know, it's a, so it's, it's fine. I wouldn't want him doing it in, you know, fluorescent paint on my chest, but maybe. I don't know. I, maybe it depends sure. on what day it is. But then when you see that, then when you see him full mummied out, then you're like, okay, I get it. Now this is a full right. out I, ritual. I, this I is a full out, you know. Flip through the pages and go, oh, well, that was where we were going. But so we go back to Doctor Batter's story, right? He's telling his tale. He's a doctor, and he uh, doctor believes only in the physical, material, logical. And then he's going for a walk at night, and some vampires kill him. Yep, vampires. So, like, yeah, right. that's so going to make you think yeah, all over the outside place. of of his experience, what his belief about the world is. These vampires. So again. Why he's not so happy about vampires. Yeah, that's they, why he hates them. And he's brought back by Kanchu. So you end up where, first off, this guy is never going to think going down any streets that there's even vampires. So that throws things off. But then when you get brought back and find Kanchu, now he sees that. And you get that idea. But Kanchu didn't just give him back his life. He gave him what he was missing his whole life, right? He always longed to have this this connection to the mystical and mysterious and the holy that his, everyone around him did. And now... He's not that God, but now he has this God actually appeared to him and said, hey, I'm giving you a mission. I'm giving you a reason. You know, go forth and be my other fist. And so when he ends up, you know, seeing that Mark has kind of left Kanchu behind and doesn't want to get like, that's why he's so upset about it. It did right. change his life and even saved it. And the funny thing is, is where they play this out. It is very similar and, you know, I have my issues, whatever. But if you ask my life, like I have a problem with empathy. But if you have certain situations, like he says, I did all the studying. I did all these things. And he, he faked the funk at points. I'm sure, it's to, you know, his parents don't. But he needed that real thing. It's right. almost like, you know, if I go somewhere, I know he knew how to act just as if, you know, people who have other, you know what you're supposed to do. He just really needed that to really feel it. And then he finally does. And hates the vampires. Now, in the meantime, I like where you end up mummying up Mark because this is going to heal him. Like right. this He's is mummified. what you would do, he, he right? Looks full out, like you're at the you know Metropolitan Museum of Art, and you see the mummies there with his arms crossed, and then he, he carries the mummy. He puts it in a sarcophagus. I don't know where you get a, a sarcophagus these days. I don't know if you can go to IKEA. How can you get rid of a sarcophagus these days? Is what I want to know. <laughs> you know, with that, you you don't. You get the idea he's helping out, but you could have that little smidgen of like, what is he doing? Creepy. Like, this is very you know, creepy. The, the creepy thing is the uh, Kanchu 
I swear, walks up behind Mark, puts both of his hands on his shoulders. Again, in his, in his mind, while the body's in the sarcophagus. It's so creepy of the mind. I miss you, he says. Look at him. He's horrific. But yeah, this whole deal. And pay me yeah, a visit soon. I miss you. Soon. Pay me a visit soon. That, that's pretty big. It, it is the old, you know, dirty joke about the guy who's going to give you, the doctor's going to give you a rectum <laughs> exam. And why do you have both your hands on my oh, shoulders? No. I don't understand. I'm not supposed to say that stuff here. But you end up where that's a big deal because that's what. Vader wants to do as well that like he is in prison this is now again Kanchu likes to manipulate things and he deserves to be where he is and Mark knows it but it's a cool way to have this connection mm-hmm. whether or not it's real or not but in this point once he is mummied up in a sarcophagus and I could start a, a, to always think. a thing with with uh, Moon Knight right what is real what's a product of his imagination or his mental illness or supernatural yeah all, there's all a lot playing together. out and so you end up where he then, you know, wakes up. He wakes up out of the sarcophagus. He right? Gets the it's bandages a, it's night again. So presumably it's the next night. I don't get the feeling he's been there a long time, but it's been like it's been like 24 hours. Yep. And you do have the deal where Vader, who ended up explaining himself and all that, and says we're brothers. We're the same. You know, that's why. And also, also explains a bit of the idea that you did have Reese come and it really went against what he thought. Like, again, he's a guy who you need to prove things to him. He is a scientific type of guy, even with the conscious stuff. And if you are able to show him something, it looks like he'll go with it. And he sees that maybe the this band of craziness around Mark, they are his allies. They're not there to try to do anything harm. And Mark himself must be a good guy. It kind of goes down all of that. But you end up having, you know, Tigra and Reese with him as he comes out and she's upset. And the idea that they were duped by Terry, you know, he even says, and I'm like, I like that. He says, you know, I'm sorry about what that happened, all that. And mm-hmm. she's like, no, no, no. Terry was a mask, you know, and says to her, he only existed. So Zodiac can infiltrate it. I'm sorry. And she says, I know it hurts. But the big thing is the, you know, midnight mission that has been bombed out. Yeah, we, we see a little more empathy out of Mark Spector there than we sometimes see the implacable Moon Knight face. Yep. And I I like that you get that. And even when Soldier shows up and he's like, hey, bro, what up? And hey, I'm I'm going to help you out. I want to thank you. Everybody's it's weird when he's walking down the street and like everybody's out thanking him. Like, over the top. Yeah, it, it almost felt like almost like the I am Spartacus for some reason, but in a different well, way that, of him walking that down the, the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man where they, they, they lift him up and protect him. They lift him because this is just a bunch of guys walking down the street you know, in the middle of the night. I don't know what well, they're I mean, up to. They are gathered around the bombed out mission. So they, they, they're there because they have a connection. It is weird. There's like not tons of people <laughs> that he goes. And basically the idea we're not going to let. You know, Zodiac win, the terrorists aren't going to win, goes and in we, we and see sits soldiers down. there. He's got, looks like a broom probably helping to, to clean up. I don't know how much a broom is going to do after all those bombs exploded. But, He's just you know. sweeping up the, the street. <laughs> he has nothing to do. Look at him. Uh, and so, yeah, what is an ex-soldier of Hydra to do anyway? So they end up there trying to make it look nice enough. But he goes in and sits down and basically says, I'm Moon Knight. I'm not going anywhere. And And the ending there. It's okay. It just, at the end of this, I thought, like, okay, like, is that supposed to be like, am I supposed to jump up and cheer for that? Because I, I didn't ever get that he was, you know what I mean? Yeah, I know I, I that thought the, the just, ending got a little cheesy, a little unearned. 
but I liked everything that led up to it. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty good. And then the funny thing is you have this where he goes, and it's like a lawn chair, I think he's sitting, and he's like, you know, I'm Moon Knight, I'm not going anywhere. Then you go and see the next thing, I'm like, that is a crazy, crazy uh, cover. Coming up, I'm like, I want to see that stuff. Quite the collection of bags. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. A lot of things going on. It looks like they're fighting with Mode Knight, so that's pretty cool. And you can kind of guess maybe who they're fighting about with that. But overall, what would you give this? I'm at an 8.3. Oh, my God. Enjoying the series. And yeah, I I, I went up. Just that that section where he turns out he was being mummified. I really thought that that used the comics well, just the way the images and the words and how. It dawns on you what's happening. I thought that okay. was one of the better five. things I've seen. Okay. I was at a seven. You got me up a half of a I, point, I but a little bit. I I like the I'm. Everybody loves this, but like loves it, to, you know, to the moon as a pun. Uh, but I'm still waiting to really, really get connected to this book and the way that it's told with a bunch of these stories, kind of one shots here. You get this story here to get overall connected by the end. Maybe that's what's throwing me off to really like I need to read this every time it comes out like right away. It's not the top of the stack for me. I do like it. And I see, you know, the art is usually really, really good. You get a little color me bad reference in here. I'm telling you, people should I'll, look that. I I'll just, have to I just, that later. I just wanted to mention it just so people would look and they're going to look and go, I, I don't know what the heck he's talking about. But I think that they will. But we're going to move on to the next book. And. It is Black Panther. We ended up having, obviously, the first issue uh, a couple weeks ago, and we liked it enough. We ended up kind of like, okay, let's see how this plays out going on. The idea that Black Panther has this interconnected underground network of spies and things going on and that has been infiltrated uh, seemed to be intriguing. And you continue with that here. There was one little thing, and even I'll even say the idea that at a point he would even think that the Avengers are involved in killing these people that's, just seems that was weird. way over the top. We know, it's we know so the Avengers weird. do weird stuff, but they don't send assassins out to kill people's families. I mean, you're talking about guys like a cap and that, that probably, you know, Black Panther in this, you get the idea if, you know, Cap went up and said, hey, you're my best friend. Black Panther, whoa, 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 let's keep this professional where Cap really thinks... Right. He's my best we can friend tell that, one of them. that John Ridley wrote down, I want to have a theme where Black Panther doesn't trust people. Yeah, and, and, and he sort of makes that in, in weird places where it doesn't really fit. But and that's, that's supposed to that's be that's like, the an, that's like an exclamation point. Oh my God, he really, like the idea of not trusting people is one thing, but thinking that what's going on here, which straight up murders, could actually be an Avengers thing was so off for me. But the other stuff, it, it's a little, you know, lower key. Then I thought, but maybe it plays out pretty good by the end. But yeah, Black Panther number two. And again, you're going to have to convince me. It's The Long Shadow, book two, written by John Ridley, art by Juan Cabal, colors by Federico Blee, letters and designed by Joe Sabino. Look at him. Chichella's best friend, Jai, is dead, felled, is dead, felled in Santiago by assassins who seem to know of his role as a sleeper agent for his king. Fearing T'Challa's entire network of sleeper agents may be exposed, T'Challa and Shuri must brace to bring them home to Wakanda before the next attack. I don't love the font that they have for this recap. It's very odd. I don't know why it's not clicking with me. Jai's lover and fellow agent Amolala has agreed to help, but is there anyone left who Black Panther can truly trust? Now you would think it'd be Shuri, but even so, he doesn't trust anybody. We get it. There's another play in this. Well, first off, 
if you do, in my mind, if you are Black Panther, you have this network of spies and the set, whatever they are. You end up, I think that you could just hit a button. These people are alerted and they get the hell. Now, some of them have families and it, it is a deep involved with that. But I mm-hmm. think that with what you have behind you with Wakanda and T'Challa, all of that stuff, you could work out a way that, oh, your family can go. Like the one lady that we get right away, she, I can't leave my family. And I know it, it would suck to, mm-hmm. you know, uproot your family. But, hey, uh, husband and daughter. We head into Wakanda. We're going right. to go this, live in Wakanda. This, because I thought this first page was was really well done because last time we let off that uh, Chala and Omolola were heading off into Moscow to reclaim the first of these sleeper agents. And I thought, oh, no, are we going to get every issue is going to be one more agent? Yeah, one, one more. more. Like one a scavenger more. hunt right. sort of thing. That, you know, rescue quest kind of a thing. But no, we get three of them done in one page, boom, boom, boom. And we see the first one's from Moscow, so that was where they're going to. And there's a lady in Brussels and then a guy in Berlin. So they're doing the European ones, okay? And it's kind of – I like the way it's it's a nine-panel grid. It's kind of color-coded. You see the red ones, the green ones, the brown ones. And you see the three very different emotional reactions to T'Challa saying, oh, hey, sleeper agents, you've been here for years. You're coming back to Wakanda now. So first construction guy is angry. He's pissed oh, off. Oh, he's you know, pissed off. He's cursing. Thank you, T'Challa. Yeah, right. yeah. He's mad. And then – Second lady, she's so relieved that she can come home. Thank you, T'Challa. And then the third guy, his whole life is in this character. And without being this, this position, he doesn't have anything yeah, left. Yeah, what do I have? So he says, then? please, don't, don't make me do this. So we get those three nice emotional reactions right away in one page. And I thought that was, that was a nice page. Yeah, the, the guy in Russia must really like this construction job. He's on the, the middle lady in Brussels. He's seems got a like cool she, puffy vest. Oh, look at him. I mean, that's pretty impressive. The, the middle lady looks like she's like a business lady. Why? She's like, thank God I can get out of here. I hate these people. But it's a weird play. And, and the, the thing that I'll say is as we go forward, like the idea of maybe he, you know, Shuri says she, he thought it was the Avengers at first. That seemed up. But Omamala, I, I'm never going to get the name right. It doesn't click with the idea. Omamala. She even says at one point, listen, I'm not for you. Yeah, I respect you. You're, I'm Wakanda. And that is a weird play to me. It, it, it just, I understand it. But the idea, because usually in these things, these people understand why they're going as these agents and things like that. And at any point, they could be pulled out. But I get the idea. I get it. I like that there's people are going to react different. It's a good way to show in that first panel. But this lady at the beginning, she ends up playing this off of, no, I have a, husband and a daughter i don't want to change my life whatever they're legitimately talking about you are going to be attacked and you might be putting your family at danger then and that's where it threw me off with her i think that and she we, would we know, know what so this, this is the the next person they're going to retrieve in, in washington and we don't really know find out much about her family we don't know. Do they know that she's a sleeper agent from wakanda I, probably not no i, would I, think I wouldn't think you'd be allowed to say that no nope. Yeah, so and her name is Kamora. Yeah, and so she says, no, I have my family here. I, But this is putting your daughter and husband in, you know, pretty much a lot of – and it happens, well, she, it happens she thinks, very quick. Right, she thinks that she's a badass. She probably thinks she can protect Yeah, them. yeah. Well, not when people are blowing up your house. But, yeah, she goes – but that's the thing. I think that she, this idea of what they're doing – and their compromise should mean, a, like, this is like, holy crap. Like, right away should be. And now T'Challa says, I'm going to watch her. 
I'm going to be mm-hmm. able to take a, but this would be my first thing that I would say. Listen, you put me in this situation. I want to stay here. Maybe we have to change cities. Maybe like it, it, it's weird to just like, I'm just staying here. But I would say, what, how are you going to protect me? You done messed up. Like something went wrong. You made us do this. But she's just like, eh, you know, I'm going to do this. But T'Challa says, I am going to watch out for her. Yes. And he leaves, he leaves a bug. Which a Wakandan bug is an actual bug. Yeah, yeah, okay. and there it is. So you have it like go off, and you end up where she says to him, Omamola says, "Hey, I- I'm not here for you. I am here for Wakanda. I respect you, but everything I do is for Wakanda. It's always for Wakanda." And I don't know that just play- it, it Wakanda didn't forever. Feel- yeah, it did- I thought she was going to say it, and I thought T'Challa was going to say that, or you know, I understand whatever, but. I don't know. That just didn't feel completely right for me. But I do like when Shuri goes off to Chile to see what happened in that right. alley. I, had, who... I have not been following Black Panther very closely. So I had to look up and find out what the heck was going on here. Because I guess she kind of died and got these special powers where she can transform into a flock of birds. You don't have that also a lot. sometimes stone. Yeah, a lot of times because Shuri is usually in Wakanda and is behind... 80 million floating computer screens. Right. She you usually don't got a, get that. a scientist jacket on. Exactly. And typing She's always doing that. Keyboard. But yeah, John Ridley is using, you know, some callbacks and things like that. And it looks really neat the way it she does. goes in there. And then also has the tech, which she would have. And even right. that, I like that. Very Batman esque. Now, that are, these, are these tech things, she, things she's used before? Because to me, they look exactly like they're from DC. And they're Mr. Terrific's T-spheres. They do look like T-spheres. I think that she has used these things before, and they're more like that, that she talks to them, things like that. You've even had points where you had a Batman thing, not a Senny, and they're going like this, that actually reacts and does things because they do end up camouflaging her. But Batman has had things where he goes into a room and he has those balls where he goes out and you get a grid. and he check- But it's cool. And she's Look, able to cool. check things out. You got facial recognition. And also the idea, because they have masks, it's more of martial arts recognition, which was neat as well, where she's trying to figure out mm-hmm. who these people are and finds a couple clues as well that the police missed to kind of figure out who this group which is. This was very much like the uh, Doc Ock and Aunt May. Oh, there's a piece of cloth here at this. Exactly. This, uh... You know, I, I it, it seemed at least it wasn't like a full out sweater or scarf like the other, like the, with Aunt May. She's right. just a walking little, around a little more subtle. I'm not going to say that you know Aunt May is that old, but I'm sure her There's vision isn't the greatest. Here it is. Let me put that with my all sorts candies. She's a scarf. I'll wear it. Uh, but sure, he finds some stuff. Okay, I'll figure this out. She gets that. You end up having security guards coming, and she's shielded. By, uh, you know, the, the we'll call them the Shuri Spheres is what we okay. will. The S Spheres. It doesn't say, really maybe. flow as great like S Spheres. But S-balls. you end up where the, yes, S Balls, Shuri Balls. And she's like, okay, I got it. I'm going to go. And yeah, she'll figure some things out. So we go back to this back woman. To and back to Kimura, who is the woman. She said, I'm going to be there with my, it, it takes three minutes before things go wrong. And with that, anytime anybody, especially in a scene like this, gets a butcher knife out and is going to fight in their home, I think of Kill Bill and, and Vivica A. Fox, <laughs> where you end up having that. I'm like, here we go. And yeah, it's a cool progression there. But with that, what is the family oh, yeah, she, thinking, right? That's what I'm wondering. What do they know? I mean, they say, so, so if my wife told me, hey, take your daughter outside, don't ask questions, 
I I'd ask some questions. I'd, I'd, you know, seriously, I don't, I don't know what how the relationship is in your family, but I would, you know, respectfully, I would, I would ask some some questions. Respectfully, you're a nice guy. <laughs> I think the what the bleep is going. The, uh, the idea that she's pulling a butcher knife out and I'd be I'd be dead because there's no way I'm leaving. What are you talking about? Next thing this guy because she ends up then activating. She her looked that one deal. panel where she puts the knife in her mouth. She yeah. looks like a real badass. That's a cool oh yeah. Thing. I mean, really, anybody who, and luckily, you don't play the thing that weirded me out. Anytime I would see, and obviously it's a pirate thing, if you're a pirate at any point, Arr. you are going to put a knife in your mouth. She does it the right way, though. You, you use the blunt end. Half right, the time when right. they show it, you use that, and then they dive in the water thinking they're going to come out like the Joker. <laughs> It always weirded me out. I'm like, oh, because that, oh, the worst. What are you doing, she's, pirate? She's a trained Wakandan professional. She knows how to true. put a knife in her mouth. Yeah, I, I don't know why I think that if you're that's, a... That's you know, day one of Wakanda sleep exactly. agent school. Seven seas pirates. I don't know why I think that they're good with decision making. <laughs> I think that they would like, you know, they're I saw this guy. Rum. This guy messed up. Yeah, they're all drunk. Uh, yes, but she ends up, and it's a, it's a cool enough fight. You end up having, you know, this ninja looking a little tech with it and things like that as they're going to sword fight. And, you know, yep, she brought a butcher knife in white uniforms. And in my notes, I call them the masked whiteies. Yeah, there they are. They end up going to attack. And it is, you know, she brought a butcher knife to a katana fight as they're going down. A bomb fight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then bombs are blowing up as I love the idea that the husband and daughter are just right outside. They're not even running to the curb at this point. What's mommy doing in there? Things are blowing up. You end up having this ninja guy come out, followed by Kamara, and he. And this we guy's do about see in the course him. of the fight, we do see that uh, Wakandan bug in the background. Yeah, it's going there. So to that's alert. a nice little connection. Yeah, and it goes as you know she's leaping towards. It kind of buzzes there, and yeah, so we get the idea that the kid and the husband are about to be sliced and diced, but they are stopped by. Black Panther, he shows up there with Omola and ends up, he says, get, you know, Kamara and her family to safety. I I guess now she's going to be a little more open-minded about right. going at least okay, so like, well why didn't they just go to a hotel for a little but yeah they're just the, the there. house is all blowed up now we, we got to go somewhere that'd be funny she's like i'm not leaving i told you before <laughs> she just keeps getting attacked finally just bug let's go we're going back to a condo we're not home. uh but he wants to know what's going on he is going to you know fight interrogate this ninja uh as they go down completely slices off this guy's hand which is crazy. Maybe oh, yeah. just to show that it's not a robot because it is pretty vicious, but it is, hmm. you know, bleeding. Okay. Maybe that's why, because we might think it's a cyborg or something like that. But we also see that, you know, typical, most things will have my favorite, you know, you bite the tooth and it's the a suicide. Cyanide. Yeah, yeah the cyanide suicide thing. deal. This is more of a bomb. That Which they is say. just how Jai died in the first issue. I thought it was kind of an odd yeah, callback. Uh, I guess Black Panther does a couple backflips and gets the hell out of the explosion deal. But it says, this guy says, you're not going to be able to kill me. I, we live to die. And we get that later as well. This idea of these guys who will die for whatever mission that they're going on to take out this sleeper network. Um, and at that point, it's funny because we're there. We're almost to the end. That almost felt like a cliffhanger when that goes off. But then we go off to see Shiri being Shiri, which I love right. Shiri. So we're, we're in the same location, just like a little time skip later. 
Now, I thought this was an odd scene because it, it is kind of cool that Shuri is dressed up in a suit, kind of pretending to be a Homeland Security agent, but she's kind of questioning the police here, but I don't know what information she thinks she's going to get from the police. I know. Because and they're just she already there. The knows everything yeah. they know. Exactly. Probably more. more. Yeah. And the a building's on fire. You would almost think that the play here might have been better served that, that she's there to make sure they don't know, you know, more. Right. The, the idea this is a sleeper agent. What do they think? And, and you end up having it spelled out. It looks like it was some domestic terrorist sort of thing, whatever. I just like that she's got that lollipop. <laughs> that, that's. The, the Who loves you, baby? <laughs> That's what I thought of. Oh Players my God. Club International. So, like, what are you doing, Sherry? She's really, <laughs> she says, the funny thing is, she does say, I am a method actor. <laughs> she must right. love the car. She, she gets into the car and she, she says, Okay, driver, you can leave now. And of course, driver is her. Her king and brother. <laughs> yes, the child. The, the funny thing is, I get that she's screaming that really loud so everybody can hear that she has a truck. Who loves you, baby? Let's get going. <laughs> okay, civil servant driver yes. who works for the U.S. Uh, who, government. Who I was going to fire the other day for incompetence, but I figured I'd like, like right. really throw she, she has a whole out backstory written up. Oh for my everyone. god, she really does, and she's like, "Listen, so you're, you're, supposed have, you're supposed to have an Australian accent. What are you doing? We, I, I gave you your deal <laughs> yeah, here. I, I told you, you, you uh, it would have been hilarious. Like, Hello, love. Where you want to go now? <laughs> like, that's good. You're pretty good, but you're laying too heavy on that. That's not a, a katana. But yeah, she ends up getting nothing really except exposition for us to know right. what these people and are going to be. You get to see her do something cool. Yeah, I, I love her. So I, I do like that. But I, I do. She gets in. <laughs> I'm not your truck. I like that he just doesn't go with it either. He's so upset. But yeah, this whole deal. <laughs> You know, about who they trust and who they don't trust has come up in the idea. Like we said, he does, T'Challa doesn't trust anybody. That's a lonely life, all that. The weird deal is where you end up where Shiri's like, you let me out here. I'm going to go. I'm going to figure out some stuff with the evidence. Here's a present for you. And it's a key. This was, I didn't follow this. So I know she picked up the piece of a mask in Santiago. I don't think this is that. She says it's a key. Is she? Is it literally a key? Is it metaphorically a key? Is it a a key to a a, a safe safe deposit box? Is this is that or when he does go and they go to Rock Creek National Park where they have to have some privacy? I guess because he's going to have what now is a blue ball in his hand oh, to yeah, activate the, the stealth jet. What's weird to have a ball? She says it's a key, and then he activates a plane. But I don't think it's the same. So we'll have to see, because if it is, she's going to be pissed, because if this is her, let's just say it's her plane. It looks like a gold coin. Yeah, yeah. It's, it looks, round, it's, it's like weird. the size of a quarter or maybe a 50 cent piece. A key. And then you end up, like I said, later he has a, a, one of the blue balls there. He's got blue balls, he does. Uh, but you end up having this play. And I just want to pretend well, that it you know, is Shuri's. Up on Mars, I know, so. really. Well, that's going to be coming up. Now we know why he's going there next issue. He's, <laughs> he's frustrated. But you end up here. And also, you end up, Omomola has already said, I'm not here for you. I'm here for Wakanda. He's like, oh, really? Like, oh, I messed up. Um, but you have this deal where this plane ends up materializing just to get blown up. 
Oh, yeah. uh, because they <laughs> don't have any billions of dollars. <laughs> I mean, I'm telling you, the idea better better go and mine a little more vibranium <laughs> on the weekend. That's the best too. It doesn't matter what anything costs at all. You have that vibranium mount. Uh, but yeah, they're going to be done. Also, the idea where Humwall is like, "Oh, you're done flying commercial, huh?" I'm like, "I don't know this chatter. This is your king. Shut your mouth." I know that you are there for a Wakanda. You said that, but still, uh, you know, a little, little chatter, though. Yeah, a I mean, really. I mean, do you majesty. really think that he is going? Like, if he's not got this, he could probably have one of eighty million Avengers. Like, just crazy. But you end up seeing him sense something's wrong, and you end up there is. And I love. The idea that they have a giant, and it's these High ninja guys again, alien rocket alien launcher, rocket launcher yeah. with a giant axe and a halberd. <laughs> alien ninjas in their MC Hammer pants. Yeah, really. I mean, those going, are the lowest crotches I've seen oh, since the are. early nineties. Seriously, the the best would be that. Don't all touch of a sudden, them as they're doing the, the ho ho, and they're doing the, the, the back those, and forth dancing. Those are Z Cavaricis that the that that the of awesome. my high school would have loved. Is that yeah? I'm telling you, I, I kind of I, I don't look good in that sort of look. But even with that, the funny thing is the guy who shot the or girl or whatever who shot the alien tech missile launcher. Yeah. There's smoke coming out, and I swear to God, when I first saw, it, I thought he was wearing a half shirt because I thought that was actually skin. <laughs> I don't know why. I'm like, look at these guys. And really, with that, they probably have like some sort of rave, you know, techno band that they go and do on the weekend. That's why they have. All that get up and those pants. <laughs> That'd be pretty crazy. They can open up for Black Pink, I hear. Hey boy. Oh my goodness. But yeah, they blow up they blow up the plane. Uh, they just do that. Again, like that means anything to Shala, but they say we live to die, but first it's your turn. And we get the end. And uh, we get some fun talking about this. But with those pants, I can't take them seriously now. I wish you didn't bring that up. You end up where they what looks like a woman. On the right, she has her Sunday afternoon watching football sweats on as well. At least the one guy, he <laughs> ends up. Leisure wear. Yeah. I'm telling you, I love the idea that the one's jacked up. It's what you're getting is kind of a bit of a commentary on how different baseball players treat the pants and the socks. Some jack it <laughs> up. You got the Chipper Jones. You got the there. Uh-huh, you're going uh, all these. Who's wearing the stirrups? Maybe, yes, maybe yeah. that is it. I myself, when I played baseball. I ended up having a switch at one point because I went full low. And then I thought, okay. you know what? I'm going to go classic. Uh, I'm going to jack those things up. So I ended up doing that at the end of my quote unquote career. Uh, right. But yeah, they end up where they have high tech alien stuff, but also medieval on their butts because they look like I like the one guy. He's not even on the ready. He's just like doing that, like stretch with the giant axe behind him, stretch it out a little on his back shoulder. Oh my yeah, goodness! The, the weaponry here is strange. We've got the the high tech alien rocket launcher. We've got the the giant axe, and we've got it's like a spear with like yeah, it's like, like a, a spear, like a halberd, like a floor delete. Uh, That's what maybe, it looks is, like. Is that a Beck to Corbin? Could be a Beck to maybe. Corbin. I don't know. It's one of those kind of pole arm can opener looking things. Exactly. Using now D&D. with that, yeah, that's where I know it from. But with that, the the kind of play that makes me laugh is that that appears to be the woman of the group, and of course she has to have the fancy, you know, deal where you have on the other side medieval spawn. Freaking axe! That thing is so of, big. He's got like oh, his bondage belt. Oh my himself. god! Look at this guy. 
Yeah, yeah, crazy. Look at those. That is crazy. Look, I'll tell you, those pants. I'm never going to be able to unsee it now. Also, then when you see the next issue where you do have Black Panther go up to Mars for mm-hmm. a little, you know, R and R maybe. Now uh, this, his this butt issue is cheeks are right in my face. Look at those things. But what are you saying? You. Yeah, really. This, this issue is uh, Legacy number one hundred ninety nine. Okay. So we're getting the the big anniversary issue next week or next month. Which it looks like is not connected to this story. It looks like it's just an out of time kind of yeah. It, anniversary it's weird. Issue. It says he seeks counsel from Storm on Mars, but it, it is a weird deal. But that's a big thing with him and Storm, so mm-hmm. that's cool. So I, I guess think, well, I don't know how much is going to tie into this whole story yeah, we'll we've see. been talking about. Or no, it is a weird be... deal to play off like a really big. But I guess they'll go. Like the 200 just happens to be issue number three. We just started out. So it does kind of go off. But I, I like the idea where you end up having John Ridley. He's like, okay, for this 200, I want to do something with Storm and, and Black Panther. You know, that Well, I'm sure he was stuff. told to do that. Yeah. I just love the idea. They're like, oh, by the way, she's on Mars. He's like, oh, crap. <laughs> what am I going to do? And I, and I just blew Mars. up the plane, so we can't use yeah, that. Yeah, so he goes. But yeah, they're, they're there. It looks cool, that cover there. Mm-hmm. The look, you have a bunch yeah, of X-Men as well. I mean, the last well. time we saw these two interact was it was in the lead up to the X of Swords where Storm went and, and stole this special magic sword out of Wakanda. Yeah, yep, yeah. So maybe you'll even have a time. We'll see. I'm sure it's just going to be kind of a, you know, let's do some Storm and Black Panther stuff. Hopefully he gets rid of those blue balls. But what would you give this? I well, I, I want to comment on the art. I think the art is, well, maybe not the art, but the, the connection between the art and the writing, I think, is much tighter this time. Where last time it was just a lot of tiny panels, and we thought it was kind we of We were a little confused. So yeah. I, I think... The the car scene was a little strange, but everything else looked much better. So I thought that was was nice. I think maybe it's just you know a new combination of writer and artist kind of figuring out how to work together. So, but I'm I'm really enjoying this story, and I'm I'm up at an eight for this. Okay, I think I'm going to go with an eight. I, I got some laughs. I was at a seven five. Uh, but yeah, I, I just think that, that, that the, confusing the couple key thing stuff. that was weird. Everything else kind of clicked into place. Yeah, we'll see how that plays out. But we're going to move on to Venom. Venom number three, another one of these newer uh, books here. And this is Escalation Part One. And it's written by Ram V, pencils by Brian Hitch, inks by Brian Hitch and Andrew Curry, colors by Alex Sinclair, and letters and production by VCs Clayton Cowles. Like I said, this is a part one. Uh, Recently, the wicked web slinger discovered that he had a son, Dylan. Now, Eddie has become a god himself, the king and black and ruler of all symbiotes, and he's using his abilities. To protect the universe and guide symbiotes into a new era of peace. But after a bizarre and seemingly impossible series of events, Eddie Brock is dead, and Dylan only narrowly escaped after doing the one thing he promised his father he never would, bonding with and becoming Venom. So we saw that, and we start with a little bit of life foundation stuff, but the idea that at least Dylan now is kind of going with what his dad said. Eddie said not to. He did bond with him at that one point, but it seems like he's kind of pushing that away a bit to try to kind of, yeah, you know, I, not I do I thought that. that wasn't set up as well. Yeah, I, I don't I think we so were, either. we're seeing that, that the symbiote and Dylan were kind of getting along pretty well. Mm-hmm. But now we're being told, oh, no, actually, actually very much the opposite, which I thought that kind of was a, a, a reversal. I thought that was as well. Motivation. And I thought that, yeah, the motivation, it, you know, it seems like it would go the other way, especially with the idea that there's a lot of trouble going on. You end up having Dylan confused of what happened. Mm-hmm. He even brings it up. And the idea, as we talked about before, when we talked about the issue where 
it might be time travel. It seems like time travel things and a bunch of Eddie's trying to manipulate and try to get the right path going uh, because of what he's going on. But you end up, you know, setting all this up with this kind of bookend deal or at least this background story with the Life Foundation who is looking into the symbiote stuff, which they do. Mm-hmm. Now, kind did you thing. recognize this this Carson guy who he's talking to? No, I did not. It, who he is, is actually? He was the leader of the military crew who attacked in the alleyway. Okay, so it is okay. Okay, that's so cool. He was the man. guy who, who led the attack and was about to zap Dylan before he got zapped by Archer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was yeah, him. yeah. Okay, and he's there and. He's kind of there as like the, you know, there he is, the bulky guy who's got to right. have he's, things He's there explained. to be explained to so we can, we can hear. Yeah, he is there so that we can find out what's going on. So he's a dummy like us, and he's got to be explained to. And you end up having this, and again, where we have Ram V over, and people love him at DC. Most people, I'll say. And it's a little hint. But the idea where... You have a very similar deal as what we're having with the Swamp Thing book right now. The studying, the kind of want to do. It makes sense for the Life Foundation and going with this idea of trying to get more of the symbiote stuff. We get background stuff as King and Black is mentioned, all that thing's going down. But the also big deal is that Dylan is the key. You know, we get him and we could do some things, but they are trying to figure out what really is going down with the symbiotes. And, and again, it felt very, very, to me, much like the Swamp Thing book over at DC with that. It's intriguing enough, but it didn't wow me. You know what I mean? The idea that it's the Light Foundation it's is very involved. Chatty. It's the, this speech that he gives just kind of goes on and on. And I, yeah, I, I thought that could have been conveyed more concisely. To go down the line and how, you know, stuff flows downhill, the idea that I thought that his Swamp Thing run is trying to mimic Al Moore's Swamp Thing run, which also, if everybody, most people, if they read comics, you should read, even if you're not a DC, uh, you know, fan. The anatomy lesson deal is class. I'm starting to get that vibe already from this as well, because it's this, you know, the fancy rich guy who's explaining things and he's going. And I kind of get that what they're going to play out here is some sort of reveal uh, that would be something along those lines. It just felt weird. It it felt like Mm. everything that he does, but it got real chatty the guy you know and but this is what ram v does he likes to get a little flowery at points he likes this narration he likes to have people you know they're smart in the book but the idea you know what an umbrella is what happens with you know that sort of thing it's a purpose and that's what the symbiote is and even poke holes and i'm just like let's go i i, I yeah, just want to get going the umbrella metaphor was, yeah, it just it went on. It was, it was a bit, right? too wordy for what it accomplished. Yeah, and so then you go back to the Venom symbiote, who isn't bonding right now because Dylan doesn't want to bond with him. Who is waxing poetic about the idea that he misses Eddie, and he's a oh, little yeah, too the, much. The symbiote here is having an existential crisis. He looks. He's. I mean, have we seen him in this state before? Where he's kind of like an insect. And yeah, he's no. Got bits I mean, I'm sure that he's over. had. He's all over, almost like he is. A, a spider web that he's even trying to get right. I, yeah, it's weird. The thing is, this this and it might be just me. I'm not a lifelong venom reader or fan. I like I like Donny Cade Steel and I've read a couple other things. This is the most he said existential venom where a lot of times in Donny Cates' run you would get half sentences at, at you know, you, you mm-hmm. couldn't get that like, you know, Eddie 
protect Dylan. You know, a little more than that. Right. But this so is he's, like he's real. not saying all that. We're like inside his head. This is his narration, mental conversation with it's, himself. Box. It's almost too much for me. It just ends up being too much. Right. Like again, not, like I think I've said before, the places it's this feels like the notes that Ram V kind of wrote to himself to try to get into the mind of Venom. Yeah. But then it didn't all need to be published in the comic. No. But the the idea we're supposed to get is that he and Dylan aren't really getting along so well. They don't trust each other, or Dylan doesn't trust him. But Venom's kind of picked up some of Eddie's personality, his at least his concern for Dylan. So he, as far as he can tell, Eddie is gone, dead, doesn't exist anymore. Because Eddie's the, the king in black. Every symbiote in the entire freaking universe should have a connection to him. Espe- not especially this one who spent all these years physically bonded. Can't but even get in with they, the high. Yeah, everything's right. gone. And yeah, you get this idea now I'm treated like a dog and I got this and I got people. See, you get into that whole deal and I don't know if you're supposed to feel bad for the symbiote, if it's a setup to go, you know, at some point where the symbiote itself becomes just its own separate deal and becomes, you know, a character, maybe even, you know, a villain like at Sleeper. some point in this. Yeah, so you have, you know, wondering what this is all playing out, but you get Dylan and Archer, Archer the woman, who Eddie right, had said to go get. I guess that's where we are. This is like her hideout, her, her whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's like an old, you know, run-down mall with, you know, the, uh, you know, even like a parking garage type deal, weird thing going on. And yeah, she goes and she says that she... Mall these yeah, days, really, so sure. that's why I thought. And she's there and, hey, your, your dad called me, and he called me, said he only had six days to live, all these things, but he ends up having this conspiracy theory, which, again, so, this is where... I've, I have a question for you. So we find out later, spoiler, that Archer Lyle is not on the up and up. But so this story that she tells Dylan, are we supposed to think this is what really happened? I think it or is. Or is this part of her I think the plan here her for her, plan. I don't think she's bad. She says at one point almost as I if mean, they have somebody who they have. She says to him, I couldn't do anything i think this is her telling him some stuff to look into that she's not going to be able to because she's and and with that he's captured though so i don't know because this whole in six days i'm going to die does connect well with the idea that there's some sort of timey-wimey nonsense going on with eddie brock and there's multiple instances of him from different times who know different things so it, it makes sense what she says to dylan then coming up is i'm sorry they found me looking in and this was my only way out so she ends up you know selling him out but she seems to maybe i think that she ends up saving him then i don't think that she's going to be full up bed. i think she's, she's going to be the one who lando gets. calrissian and yeah Cloud yeah that's City. what i think and i think that this stuff is on the up and up and maybe like hey if things go wrong with me you got it now the funny thing is we ended up doing the amazing spider-man on the uh, Patreon spotlight. spotlight. This one panel almost has more beyond stuff than that oh, because you see it all over and it so is intriguing, see, she right? She has this crazy conspiracy wall with the pieces of yarn and everything. Very, very classic. Yes. And so the it all comes out of this, this group called the Absent Throne, which is something that Eddie had said to her. Which, I mean, is that connected? Isn't there some sort of a throne thing that when he sits in it, he has like, That's extra, like the extra hive deal. That's where you go and sit powers. almost like that. It's just, it's weird in the absent so maybe throne it was would be absent, him not maybe in because there. because he's absent, right. And, so. they're try- and they're trying to maybe get That's something intriguing. because you do end up having stuff with Crane. That ties in, you know, the whole Carnage stuff. So it's going to go with all that, I, I'm sure. I just love the Polaroid picture of the guy fixing his tie. 
That is where I always know <laughs> stuff has gone down. When you're like, oh, my God, that, let me take a picture what of this. What are we supposed to see there? <laughs> I don't know. This there's is a no, conspiracy. Like, there's no symbol. I was thinking, is there a particular watch? Is there something at this time? No, it's a... <laughs> it's like, look at this fancy guy. He fixed his tie. Carnage. Right, and- <laughs> I don't know. It's so weird. <laughs> it's clearly a still shot from a security camera. There's kind of the data around And it. I love the connection, then, of the yarn goes to this FBI agent. Is that supposed to be that's his time? <laughs> so ridiculous. Uh, it's just supposed to be made to look crazy as well. But when right, you but do, do read the stuff. do see the, the Beyond you... Foundation in a couple of these little, exactly. little pieces of paper. Yeah, you, even, you see, like, receipts or whatever. And she even says the whole idea of this, that Eddie kind of told her this. she's looking into things. And it is the idea of corporations who suddenly get a ton of money. You know, it's funny, like, it's a little inside trader stuff, but it's also just, you know, these people who are benefiting, let's see this, Beyond's one of them, so that's pretty cool, has the Friends of Humanity listed, all these things, Crane keeps coming up, stuff like that, and some guy adjusting his tie. Uh, And so with that, she says, you know, we're going to go find some things out. Let's go and, yeah, and don't bring the, you know, real Venom symbiote. He kind of has to be left behind, which is an odd play. But which again, is that me the, because is that I didn't her play? know that she knew about the symbiote stuff. We know she worked with Eddie as a reporter. But up until now, I mean, we, we know she, she saw the, the weird stuff. I guess she saw the stuff going on in the alley last I guess time. she saw maybe this was her – and still – this, the Venom symbiote gets left behind Again, left behind in a way that It now can get involved, maybe even Save Dylan, because Sleeper goes with him, though oh, and, and Eddie, uh, uh, the Venom symbiote is not Happy about being left behind No, really he, he has kind of a little fit there Yeah, has a fit, but again, I think all of this might be The plan of Archer, who knows that She has to go hand in Dylan to the Light Foundation And get all this, and the Sleeper symbiote they go with that, and you know this poor security guy who, yeah, if right. this is like, you <laughs> just get, I, I, again with the uh, the yeah, like Shuri, here. yeah. I mean, this guy's probably like yelling, like, "What are you doing? <laughs> this isn't part of the plan." <laughs> she's there to hand in <laughs> Dylan, he, he but zaps him. I guess she has to make it seem and get him in a room, and uh, that I get that, but still, this guy, you could pretend maybe. I don't know. This guy's down. Hey, he's screaming. Maybe, maybe he's acting too. Maybe he's just a sound maker. I still think he peed his pants. He's I, like, I why? Think probably. He quits. Yeah, well, again, he's a method actor. He is a method actor. He's going he? for it. No. And she's like, not so method. You should have pooped as well. You're fine. You're out of here. But also a bunch of other people knocking out everybody and the idea that well, the I mean, sleeper symbiote is going sleep, crazy. Yeah. Sleeper knocked out the other two. Sleeper might have killed them. Who knows? These people are just being put in as cannon fodder for a dupe. The weird thing that played out here, and I would have said at the one point, this is ridiculous, but it's the setup. Dylan has to be smarter. When they go into this room where there's Dylan, right? He's just there. Mm -hmm. They want to find out stuff connecting to Eddie, all this stuff, symbiote stuff. And she goes, Hey, I'm pretty sure you know your way around a computer. Can you start the terminals on the inside? And, and how is he going to know yeah. how to do that? Right. Like, not in, here's, even like, here's a card to scan yourself in. Here's, here's the password. Just go and, you know, you know, computers. You can get information from them. You can get anything that looks useful. Copy it. With what? Like, this isn't set up. And I, but Does it he. Have a thumb drive. Or, it's a dupe. And he is right, dupe. Which, I mean, I, maybe he's just. He's in a weird situation. He wants, he, to wants look, to look he probably wants fancy. to look cool. In That's front what of this I lady. think. I wish that he thought like, 
you have a little thud or even like sleeper. Oh, oh guy, yeah, I know computers. I'll just I'll just go copy anything that looks useful. Have sleeper, yep, yeah, copy it. But he, he walks through the door, which is a a, a heavy steel door, <laughs> which should have been a clue. <laughs> Also, it turns it, out it's all dark in there, thank God. But when they turn on the, there ain't no computer. He should have looked. <laughs> There's nothing in the room. No, and yeah, it's that's a, all the setup. It's basically a cage. That's why the whole idea. It does make Dylan look ridiculously stupid. But I go with you. When I read it, I actually thought, what would I do then? She's telling me to do this in a way that she thinks I'm smart enough. I, I'm gonna right, along. Right. I'm telling right. you, I would probably go in if, if this was on the up and up. <laughs> Probably do something really stupid right away and then just uh, listen. I, I don't know what I'm doing Let's here. Let's play global thermo. Wait, no, yeah, not that, yeah. No. Shall we play a game? Oh, Joshua's Let's here. Let's get going. All in. Uh, <laughs> yes, the only way to win is to not to play at all is what Eddie or Eddie Dylan should have thought right away. And I'm not mm, doing this, but indeed. he goes in. Sleeper, sleeper goes with him, obviously, and then they get caught in this room. And she does say, they found me looking in. Uh, and this was the only way out. So she had to do this again. I think that she will do something maybe to show that she's not. At, I mean, right now she looks horrible. Uh, and I don't even know if, if I'm this whole deal, Life Foundation, things like that. The, the silly thing is the horrific things these groups do, but then let people live. When they really shouldn't be. I would kill her if I was involved with this. She's I, done I her do purpose. I think we'll probably get a Lando Calrissian arc here where she looks she looks like a real heel now, but she'll redeem herself and fly in on the Millennium Falcon later. Dressed just like Han for some reason. She's going to come in. Yahoo, kid. She'll yell. But you end up where they're ready. They're ready to now, take do, them out. Do, are we supposed to think that this is the same organization? Yeah, I think so. It, it looks like they have kind of the tech. Again, and they, they're ready. They have the Sonics. They have all that. They realize, yeah, he might have a symbiote there. They don't have that, there. that funny fork Not gun that same that deal. Yeah, yeah. So you end up, but with that, when you go back then to, you know, the island with Life Foundation, you kind of are led to believe that these are all connected with that. And they end up getting Dylan. You have another lady talking to Archer and, you know, Liz. Yeah, hey, uh, you weren't kidding, Liz. I feel sorry for that kid. And they, they mentioned twice. I mean, really, Ram V really wants you to get that idea of a symbiote arms race because you mentioned it two times in two pages. That's kind of a, a cool idea with the idea that you could say maybe because of the King and Black, this sort of attack, this is a way to go in. Everybody's getting it. So we're going to have like the Cold War of symbiotes. But the big thing on the Life Foundation is to set up this new tech. And mm -hmm. this crazy suit there that looks cool enough, right? I mean, now what confuses me is that in the next little narration box, Life Foundation guy says, We think the boy has had help going to ground. Our best guess is they, they're holed up in an abandoned industrial estate at the edge of town, which makes me think that he doesn't know about that they already have Dylan. You're right. That's I what think confuses that, me. That's why they say this symbiote arms race. This is another corporation, and this is probably. More connected into what Archer was talking about earlier. Now is with the are we actually going to get real beyond connections here, or is that just a little Easter egg red herring thrown in? It's funny because I would have been cool with the idea that they closed that door. There's a symbol there, but it would have been cool if it was the Beyond symbol. And then you're like, holy crap! Like this is really getting involved. But you have some weird deal that seems like this is supposed to be something. Maybe just that it isn't the Life Foundation deal. And then you go to them. And like you said, the mention of 
their intel is not matching up. They're a little behind, so they must not be involved. That's part of this symbiote arms race that they mention again on that. We're in a symbiote's arms race, right? Okay, here's our text. So in the way, maybe the Life Foundation ends up saving Dylan in that crazy roundabout way. Yeah, they want him for their own purposes, but it might be a way to kind of get him at least out of this other group and see what is happening. Uh, but yeah, it ends up having this tech suit that's pretty cool. You know, looks cool enough. And then you are reminded yeah, that we, the we know symbiote. They've been kind of, they're talking about using, they, they have samples of all these symbiotes. They're the Life Foundation. They talk about poking holes in them. Are we supposed to think that this suit is like made of symbiote stuff? I don't know. I thought that it was just, and maybe, but it's weird. I thought that it was going to be more of just this, you know, hey, we got this extra. T- I don't know. Or we'll have to see. Love to see, and you do get a reminder at the end. Then, oh yeah, symbiote, symbiote's there, still at that whole deal. So he's there, and I don't like seeing that bottom, like larval look at the bottom that is there. Gross, yeah, man. that's disgusting. But he's there, hanging. He's all upset. He's sad. Um, but if that's the case, like, what? Why didn't Archer tell them? Does she? It's weird. And but they seem to be heading towards there as well. So. We'll see what happens uh, with that. And then in the next deal, you see legitimately that suit and attacking Venom. So and has like a glaive type thing himself there with some, you know, sonic stuff. And it seems cool enough. But overall, so I do thought, we know how how long I, I I guess in my head, I thought we'd be alternating between. Yeah, I thought so, Ram too. And, and it doesn't Al seem Ewing. to be the case. Right. Do we? I, I mean, I don't look at the uh, the solicits. Do we know when we when we're going to get the? I don't have any idea. We'll have to check it out uh, because it is odd. I thought it was going to jump back and forth as well, and we're sticking real heavy on Ram V right here and Dylan. Uh, maybe that's the best way to do it. I know that you kind of lose track, but the idea that nobody can sense it, Venom can't sense. I, Eddie, I'm fine so with it. I was he's kind of off. Yeah, I actually was shocked as well with Brian Hitch doing all the art too. There's not two separate teams. He's doing because it we all. Still have, we have the mystery here with those multiple eddies from what we think are multiple timelines, and it lets it keep the mystery going because we don't actually. Yeah, and maybe that's when we end up it. finding out a little. We'll find out through that, but we'll have to see. Um, but yeah, you see, even when they're taking Dylan away, they have the sleeper symbiote in one of those canisters and things. So we'll have to see where that goes. I like sleeper. That he's my favorite of the symbiotes just because he's a little cat. And he follows the idea that they can kind of do what they want. And the cat is accepted, even though he looks crazy anywhere, diners on planet. But yet you have to have right. giant pit bull that, that everybody's scared of and running away uh, from his odd. But what would you give this? Well, the, the art is still, the Brian Hitch art is still top notch. Yeah, really I like it a lot. I think there's there's a little bit of confusion in some of the storytelling, a little bit extra yada 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 that we didn't need but overall i'm still kind of into the story and i give it a 7.5 out of 10 i'm going seven that's where i was around Uh, i mean going through this it is a lot of yada 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 and especially at the beginning it seems to be again ram v likes to drag things out he likes to you know write a little bit extra dialogue narration and so with that i kind of like the mystery i kind of want to get to a better pacing with this and maybe we will it's still good the art's great the art is really really good so i can't complain there but we have one last book and that is a big book again though when jason aaron does the stuff people are confused i don't know if it's because marvel doesn't push it enough or explain things because i even saw people in slack today 
as we were getting ready to record, mm-hmm. trying to figure out, well, what's this Avengers Forever? Do I have to read Avengers? Is this there? Does this play off here? Uh, what's Im- And people aren't really aware, like the Heroes Reborn, where a lot of people just skipped it. And I wonder if that's going to be the case here, because some of these things don't feel as big as, say, events. They're more of Jason Aaron events. A lot of people don't like his Avengers feel. Also, I'll just ask you right off the... Okay. Why does he keep naming these things after things that happened in the past? Uh, the, the Heroes Reborn was something I mean, in Avengers Forever. It's what he likes to do. He likes to take old names and old concepts and kind of twist what they mean and squish them together and make something that's not quite original, but not quite the old thing it, either. Isn't it weird, though, that they like, change the and he name does it over a little? And over again. He does it over like and over your, because. Your World War She Hulk. Yeah. In this, you had a Kurt Busiak Avengers Forever. And so when you oh, go yeah. and look it up, you're like, and then, oh, right there is a, a hurdle for some people, especially later. That Heroes Reborn, not well received originally. The original one, I didn't like the other. But why do that? And then I always now, see him. The title, the, just leaving the Kurt Busiak thing aside, the title kind of works for this because we're talking about the connection of the, the ancient Avengers in every timeline that were, were affecting the existence of Avengers in the current time in every universe. Oh, so it, it works. works but- it works. When that Heroes Reborn, the only reason I really bring it up is I ended up watching a YouTube interview with him. He had to explain for five minutes that it wasn't connected to the old Heroes Reborn, which again wasn't well received. It's weird. I, I guess they think that you know, old time collectors will see, oh, I know that thing. I bought that thing back in 1991 or whatever. I'm going to buy it again. It's weird, but I do like the art in this. I, I, I really like the art. Absolutely. You're going to have cool to convince color. me that this is, you already said though, he likes to twist and turn things. Things aren't always as fresh as maybe... I might like them, but this is Avengers Forever number one, The Lords of Earthly Vengeance Part One, where's where hope is a four letter word. Lace heavy on that. By Jason Aaron, Aaron Cooter, Cam Smith, Jason Keith, and Triana Farrell with letters by VCs Corey Petit. And you end up with a little description. I actually like this this credits page for some reason. But at Infinity's end stands Avengers Tower. There the mysterious Avenger Prime commands a fleet of cybernetic deathlocks who serve as marshals for all Wait, of now, time and space. Well, I want to ask. Have we seen no. at Infinity's End, Avengers Tower? No. Okay, I, I don't thought think maybe so. I missed something. No, and again, when you go into this, I think that people are going to be confused because you do have to kind of play a little detective. To, okay, I got to read Avengers 50, now, we, we, then I got to go, you know what I mean? Deathlock, as far as I know, we heard Deathlock use the term Avenger Prime, something kind of related to Ghost Rider, but we haven't seen that no career. no so okay. and it says when a deathlock appeared on earth 616 both he and robbie rice the ghost rider of the world were teleported away by a beam of energy robbie and deathlock found themselves on earth 818 which has been devastated by the black skull a member of the multiversal masters of evil a group of greatest villains from various worlds who are slowly conquering all reality now there's some you twists did see here. all of that that was back in avengers number 50 so this spins right out it of that. does and it has i, I mean the art looks the same, so I'm guessing that the artist here, uh, Aaron Cooter, is the artist who did that section of Avengers 50. Yeah, and I'm, I'm wondering why it doesn't fully spell out, like, hey, everybody, you should go back and read that 50. But you go into here, and you play the mystery in a weird way 
of this idea of Black Skull, but we know that that's what it is. And there's hints. So I guess if you jump in, it, it almost plays like a reveal at the end, but we know what's going on. And even at, you know, keep mentioning the Waste Lord, the Waste Lord. Uh, I thought that was a little odd. The other thing that I think is odd before we go into this fully is the idea that Robbie is here. He seems like he is like right on with the lore and the history of everything with the 818. I know that he's here and he has Deathlock explaining some things, but there's no sense of anything like that he's not wowed by. But uh, like he's going with this idea of these trains. It feels like the whole vengeance side of him is kind of taking over. Right. He doesn't want to be called Robbie. It's weird. It's a weird play. Like the idea that there are trains here that end up going, oh, man, that thing's going five human bodies per se. Like that would make me, what are you you talking about? He must know all the things going on. And his section. I thought it was. No, I'm saying he didn't react to that. Like when they say that, I'd be like, "What? Like, what are you talking?" Oh, like there. It seems because, like things were already he's explained in, in, in vengeance mode, which we know there's a thing here that's connected to vengeance. So I think it's almost like I guess. calling to him, almost like a gatekeeper. I guess, and the idea deal. that you you even have this where oh my god, the spirit of vengeance shouldn't be like we got rid of that, which shouldn't be here. So he kind of seems like he's taking that in, and it's it's accepting. But we start off, I don't know, kind of like a. Guardians of the Galaxy beginning, you know, almost like Star-Lord, but this is Ant-Man, but we find out it's Tony Stark. Well, before that, we get a, a scene back with the uh, the uh, BC Avengers, which we get the end of a scene we saw in Avengers 50, and we see Odin near death, and we're, we're told that there's no Thor in this universe. Thor died while he was being born, and like kind of with his last dying breath, with some really cool art gross but cool art that uh odin enchants this hammer this mjolnir and it says whoever holds this hammer if they be worthy shall possess the power of all vengeance so it's no no thor power this is a hammer of vengeance yep that's the vengeance deal and and i and like some of the narration ago in this yeah i yeah. like some of the this narration of the idea that if this would have went forward if they didn't get devastated like they did when thor ended up dying as a baby he ended up, Odin was going to accept humanity as his children. He was going to up the ante. They were going to go to the stars. They were, but everything ended up falling apart because of that. Because but, this is the plan of those multiversal masters of evil, right? To get the name right? I think so. Where that's their plan is working great so far. They're going to go back to the beginning of every universe and screw it up and not have to worry about them a million years later. But they would never have thought that at the last second you would have Odin and Chant. Uh, Molnir to be that all vengeance. So that's cool. Well, then we get to the, you know, Tony Stark Ant Man. I'll just tell you, it's Tony Stark. And some of the narration, you can kind of get that. And he ends up, I, I just, it's an overextended scene in my mind to get that reveal that it's Tony to play this whole deal of the wasteland. It just felt like an, just another wasteland to me. I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but I was not wowed by any of this. And I just wanted to kind of get the overall story going where you're getting the flavor that you would. I mean, I understand Mm. it, but it just it didn't. Maybe we're having too many of these stories, even at D.C., with the dark multiverse and all this. Maybe it's 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 just now similar to death metal or uh, Justice League Infinity or this whole multiple versions of the same hero remix. Exactly. Even Heroes Reborn, we had a little bit of it with Jason Aaron. So maybe it's just that. Maybe I'm fatigued with these things where he ends up even having a celestial head connected as a gun where his, you know, little ant 
you know, deal shell head. He gets a, you get these little wink winks and nod nods, but they're just, they don't really do it for me in this first issue. I think it looks great. But by the end of this, I, again, I need something more of what's going on. And you kind of get it by the end because he's going around. He's like, I'm the first and last archaeologist. I ended up getting, you get the background of how he ended up being captured at one point. He ended up making these war machines, all these things to tie in. We get the parallel story. We get the the currently going on, him fighting these venomized ants and going after this uh, artifact that we find out is that hammer that Odin enchanted back in the prelude. And in the narration boxes, he's telling us his backstory where, you know, his his dad was a, a bootlegger, unsuccessful, who died. He dipped into his own supply. Well, you can't do that, right? He's drunk. We find out that, yeah, that he tried to design some armor, but it never really worked out. All he could build was this little prototype, which is this little Ant-Man or this uh, Iron Man ant called Shellhead. And we find out that he was captured by Black Skull and was tortured to make to to, to make uh, weapons, just like in the 616, but in this place, he did make the weapons. Yeah, and he made and these war machines. The war machines yeah. that we've yeah. seen. And, and some of that is kind of a, a clever, cool deal, like you end up because he even says at one point, like, I hate ants, and these symbiote ants, he alludes to them being there for their master and attacking, and when you do end up having Shellhead, this mechanical ant, that he says he ended up being saved by him before, but I like that he, shrinking using stark particles, he ends yeah. up being able to ride on it kind of like the Ant-Man does anyway, but in that sort mm-hmm. of Iron Man type way. I, I understand. I get that. At the one point, though, he and you see by the end, he is collecting all these ancient artifacts. Even with that, though, when he goes back to the base and even here, I would have liked to have seen him a little more excited about what's going Like, this is Molnir, and he sees it, and he picks it up, and he actually has it up in the air, which is crazy. And then he ends up falling down and it lands on his chest. He didn't have a spotter. That's what happened. When you do this, you need a spotter. <laughs> you know, the technique is very important from a spotter, And I too. understand the way that you're playing this out where he shrinks down more to get out of there. But I'm saying he would have been squashed. I really thought he would just end up underneath. But he kind of shrinks and shrinks backwards down and he gets out of here. But then yeah, they're the able. The art is really cool. So he picks it up, and we get this like swirling lightning. And then as it fails, it kind of turns to smoke, and there's skulls and yeah, the smoke. Cool. And that looks yeah, really it looks cool. really cool. And again, is this the idea? Because the worthiness is. What does it mean to be yeah, worthy of the the, the all of vengeance. vengeance? And he probably is a guy who wants a lot of vengeance, but not right. All so he's got, a, he's got right? some, right. He wants some vengeance. Yes. And I think that that's vengeance. the play. The idea that this is not just somebody who wants vengeance against one guy, one world. This is going to be a Robbie Reyes who wants vengeance right. for the whole entire multiverse. And I think that that's clearly the play here. next, probably next issue. We're going to see Robbie with his hand. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we're going to get a wasteland type of ventures. It seems because Tony is gathering things and gathering people and, robots and things he's making it seems so that- i thought it was kind of cool how they collected this hammer yeah so tony shrinks not just the hammer but also like a clump of dirt under the hammer mm-hmm. and then shellhead can pick it up which i don't know the rules I, of how i'm you telling you this seems very much like small print you, the idea you can't carry the hammer but if it's on ground that you dig up then you can i'll go with it i thought it was kind of funny Which, it's, it sounds like something that people would argue about at a comic uh, i'm shop. sure people will and i know that people were already upset with jason aaron when he en- ended up having the agent conchu 
uh, arc in the Avengers, and you had that it mm-hmm. was made of moon rock so that Moon Knight was pretty much invulnerable to it. You couldn't hurt Moon Knight and Conchuan. They could actually control it because it was moon rock, Uru, and people were losing their minds that, about that. That set up some nerd rage. Yeah. yeah, oh my God, they got mad. So I have a feeling this isn't going to be as bad, um, but I think that some people I mean, will also, get upset. We're in another universe, so the, maybe the rules are different. The rules here can be whatever they want to be. And it's all vengeance. Yeah, you, you just go with it. But it did make me laugh. I'm like, he's messing with the hammer again. He's doing some weird stuff. But <laughs> So you end up where, you know, Tony says, we're going to get out of here. The war machines are going to be attacking anyway. Let's go see what's going on. Now, are as, these war machines full-on robots? Or I are think they they're full-on robots. I think that the idea, I don't know. But we'll, we'll They've got see. A lot of personality but, for robots. Yeah, they do, and it might just be the suits that he ended up making. But it is his tack. He spells that out, so that is a good way to tell you why they would. Because there's a lot of things. This is a wasteland. You don't have a lot. You have some weird tech it's, going it's not, on. Not the wasteland. It's just a wasteland. It's not. But that's another thing that makes me kind of go, "Oh man!" They they keep saying it too, and I'm like, "This just feels like a old man." Tony is there's some twists and turns But it does feel that way but they get called Off they end up they're going to attack Tony they get called off what could be that Calls them off the idea that there's A ghost rider here the hell charger And they go off to Attack that looks great I mean I I think that Aaron Cooter Like you said about the smoke earlier He really Mm -hmm. draws like Really good fire and Smoke and that sort (laughs) of thing he really Does and this panel, the the spread where they are going to try to stop this train that runs on burning humans, uh, it looks incredible. It really does. It, does. it, it, it was a awesome. little confusing to me about where the train is going and does it have to be on tracks and yeah, I, some I just of the think, rules there. And the funny thing is I, I, I just think that this train, like it doesn't really do much except just Drive around the world or something. Yeah, we like, know. You know what it's I very mean? Snowpiercer. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it looks, it looks like. like J- Jason Aaron just watched Snowpiercer and I'm he decided glad to you put said a train. That because I couldn't put my finger on the idea that I keep thinking that this train never stops. It just drives around. It is. It's Snowpiercer. He just watched it. Um, but yeah, Robbie wants Vengeance to stop Piercer. it. Yeah, eventually it's and, and run on humans. Again, I think that Jason Aaron gets involved in things that sound cool. The idea that hope in this world is a curse word so you're oh, gonna yeah. get hope you what the hope up Go your hope, hope you know stuff oh. like that it, it lays on a little <laughs> yeah, kind of heavy but i get it and he I, again he likes to play this little word playing things like that so when you do have deathlock say oh man that engine's burning three or four humans a minute i'm like all right like that's okay but you get they want to save this i like when they do though because you end up having Robbie take this down. And also, remember, you said, don't call me Robbie. You know, I'm the ghost. And and when he does end up, I love the idea that Deathlock here is the guy who's the sensible one who says, what are we going to do with all these people? Like, you just saved them. What, what are you doing? And, like, I mean, they do. If these are dudes in suits, they're now dead dudes in suits. Yeah. Because Robbie and Deathlock just kill a yeah, bunch they of them. obliterate him. And it's cool. It looks great. His head's chopped off. Again, we're not seeing any gore or blood, but it, they do seem like they're people. They do, right? They really do. And I even even the art here where they have taken down all these war machines, you end up having, you know, Deathlock go over to the Snowpiercer human run train while you have Robbie there standing over those guys and they say, Hey, we gotta get moving. There's more war machines coming and seeing that, you know, rocket 
you know, the engine kind of glow in the far off. The, it's mm-hmm, pretty sure. cool. That's pretty does, cool, yeah. that, that detail. These people, look at these guys. Look at that one guy. Look at that guy's hair. Like, everybody, like, what is he? Do you do a lot of hair products? You end up having them all there, and you get that they're tied up, and you're just in line to just walk into yeah. the engine. Now, it's this is, awful. This is a, a little uncomfortable. It's, I mean, emaciated people on trains going somewhere bad has some icky. You're going to play off the yeah. Nazi thing of, of this really heavy. A little too heavy. A little too close to yeah, that. Because I that's, that's what it not looks something like. I want to see in a comic. And I mean, they do back away from it, but I would have. You do, but it's that's right. what it is. I mean, this is full out. Uh, Real gross. Going into burning in an I mean, it's right on. And at least they didn't have Jerry Lewis dressed up as a clown running around like that <laughs> movie. You ever, you ever hear about that movie oh, with him? Yeah, I've oh, heard of it. Yeah. The famous movie that's never Do you think that will ever, because he's now, he's gone, do you think that anybody in his estate will ever release that, or do you think that it's destroyed? I guess, I don't think it's destroyed. There's people who say they've actually watched it. it. So I think it's like the day the clown died or cried, or it's something Uh, like that. Yeah, it's, it's we tried to be awful. a serious actor. Yes, yeah. yes, he he was always upset that people didn't. It, they called him a genius. That wasn't enough for him, but and always blame poor Dean. Poor Dean, just a nice guy. But <laughs> you end up where Robbie says, "What we're going to do is we're going to take this to the streets," and ends up connecting with his chains to this snow Another piercer deal and take really it off. Cool yeah, family. I guess it just he so he gets rid of the locomotive, and he hooks up a hell charger to the rest of the cars. And I guess because it's connected to the Hell Charger that can go anywhere, it doesn't need to be it's on traction. Weird, right? Because this thing would tip. <laughs> He's just a, and it's but like it's, how the Hell Charger, David. Yeah, it's Hell Charger. It, it's it's like like how he can anything he, he, he climbs into, he can drive. Exactly. So, so I that think the that hell that's train. you're going with it, right? We it's just fine. go with it. Even though with that, I mean, you ended up having Deathlock. What are we supposed to do if these guys run out? They're just going to be captured again, whatever. I don't know where he thinks they're heading, but... Yeah, we don't know where they're going. We don't know if there is any, you know, place, a sanctuary on this world. Yeah, so they get attacked. That's when the war machines come, and then he disconnects at the point, and then jumps like he's the Dukes of Hazard, and then kind of looks, there's a barricade, all these things. we see that Ant-Man is observing all this. Yeah, and we see there's a barricade as he was going. And again, emaciated people there with, you know... Awful, awful, you know, imagery, but it's supposed to be that idea that this is an awful, awful place. I get it. Right. And I mean, the black skull is the red skull who is a Nazi. A Nazi. So So you're playing it like times 80 here. And yeah, he comes out and basically says, you know, uh, you know, you're going to kneel before your waistline before the black skull. As you, like you said, Tony sees all that goes back to his headquarters where he's setting up an Avengers deal. And you get, you know, that whole deal. I don't know. You want to assemble? You want to gather? I don't know what you want to do. But he has Molnir. You see a bunch of other things. And then you see what is intriguing by the end, this assembled mm-hmm. crew. Like, okay, this is pretty cool. One looks like like a cosmic thing uh, kind of floating down. Yeah, you get almost like a vision type deal or yeah, vision itself. The cosmic but, thing is, oh, it's the... Star, I think it's probably Star Brand. Really. Okay, yeah, think? yeah, yeah. Maybe it is. And then you have a Moon Knight there and, and some other things going on. So it's cool. And you have to really keep pushing that. This Tony likes his drink. 
He's got his bottle there again. They did mention earlier that he uses his, his Stark particle shrinking technology to make bottles of whiskey small enough he can just pop them like small, pills. Small, so he pops okay. them like pills. I, I <laughs> hope that dumb, but kind I of hope funny. that the glass is able to be, I don't know. It's like I'm sitting there thinking <laughs> like, that doesn't work. What's going on? Almost like it, it's like 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 the Adderall, like the extended release. But unfortunately, the <laughs> bottles better be made of something there. But yeah, so y- you have that. And you end up having Ant-Man Tony, who we were told earlier in this that Ant-Man would be one of the saviors of everything, where he's, let's save this whole world, all right, or whatever he says. And then meanwhile, this is where you have to end yeah, up we, with we Jason We see that Aaron. this Tony Stark is very, he, he wants to save the world, but he doesn't seem to believe in it. He's very discouraged, very cynical. Yeah. Uh, again, Just let's save the world enough. or whatever. He gets it. But then you go, meanwhile, somewhere... In the Gulf Between Universes, and this is where I had mentioned earlier the bleed, and we said, you know, you don't, well, we get this here. So that's pretty cool that you do get the super flow. So now mm-hmm. I know what I can call it and all that stuff going on where you now, do, do have. Do you think they're going to run into Starship Hulk out here? Are they in the same they, place? They might, actually. That'd be, that'd be crazy. What happened if it's them that ended up running through and hurt? But you end up having Thor's. You know the the granddaughters, the goddesses of thunder, that whole thing. This right. these girls, they're like the craziest. Like they'll pop up years apart from their appearances. They will be at parts where Jason Aaron forget, loves them. Yeah, and you'll forget about them for nine, ten more months, and then boom, they're there, and you're like, oh, oh they're, they're back. Are, yeah. Oh, okay. And it's just like, hey, we're following grandfather's hammer. It knows the way. So you have that going on. Pretty cool. It says that all the the timelines being rewritten is what's creating the storm. So very like crisis and infinite yep, earth. It is. Almost. It's very much like that, including almost having a red sky with lightning, which you <laughs> have yep. in the crisis deal over at DC. So it is playing that. Again, when I first heard about this whole deal, it did really feel like death metal, which it still does. But mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it actually is a little more ground level surface level in a weird way with that ant-man tony that i appreciate enough but by the end of this first issue i i i thought that i didn't get like okay is the focus just that narrow at this point are we going to go up we're going to do things i don't but nothing really wowed me until the very end where you saw those avengers the stuff with robbie's cool i saw one reviewer was so pissed like this was awesome except for that robbie reyes bull hope Hmm. Bull hope, I said. <laughs> but they they ended up like I'm like really like you don't like Rob? like Robbie. I thought the intriguing part is what you brought up is the, the, the idea change of personality. Of, yeah, don't call me Robbie. You can call me Ray. You could call me Jay, but you don't call me Robbie. You know, don't all call that. me late yeah. for vengeance. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but yeah, that whole lead up and seeing at the beginning the all vengeance hammer and things like that. That that's a cool setup. It really is. I just at the end of this. And again, I said at the beginning, maybe it's the fatigue of events. Maybe it's the fatigue of Elseworld stuff, multiversal, this whole dark. You know, maybe that's what it is that I just at the end, it's, I wasn't that it's not, fired up. It's a whole lot of remix. And it's an interesting remix. Yeah. You know, it's. I think it's a better remix than some of the other things we've seen than the, the, the World War She-Hulk stuff or the, or the Heroes Reborn stuff. I think this is more interesting. So I think it's. It's it's not super original, but it's well done and I'll really agree. the art lean into the art some more. This is some of the best art we've seen all year. Most this of, is and fantastic. I, not most of my score, but the score gets jacked up because of the art. If this wasn't good art, 
Yeah, I'd, I'd have some real problems. But while looking at it, the art is wow factor throughout. It really and is. You're really good. right. The, the, the flame art and the smoke art and clouds, uh, it's amazing. Yeah, he really takes time. I mean, we mentioned it before, but even when you end up, I like it. It's almost like a pull up on a street where Robbie comes out of that and then you just see him there. What up? But him coming out in the tires and just the. It's not just, okay, the tires are on fire, so make them orange or yellow. It, it mm-hmm. really does have that full-out feeling of it. It's really, really good. Now, I will mention, too, they are straight-up murdering people because at, at one point you see an eye, and that doesn't look – I guess it could still be robot, but the one held charge is like, no, as it's going, I think they're people. Uh, but, yeah, so with that, you know, hey, whatever, they're on the wasteland of this 818. And they're doing bad things. But, yeah, it's it just I, I wanted to – and it, I haven't been enjoying Jason Aaron's Avengers. Not a lot of people have. And so when I get to these things, these extra things, I think that he needs to maybe impress me a little more so that I can say, okay, this is the thing. Because he's so scattered with everything that he just throws things out there. But this, I think, is one of the better things of these yeah, side Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. I think this is – out of the Jason Aaron Avengers, this is I'm more into this than about anything else. I've I am as well. I just I need something to make me think of this as oh my god, this is awesome on its own, not a remix, not like the whole time I'm reading it. That reminds me of that. That reminds me of that. I need it to and be more of that's impressive. That's what it's going to be. Yeah, it is. I think we and just need to know that is how Jason Aaron writes. Yeah. That's, it's how everything's going to be. And maybe that's and the that, whole it is deal. What it is. And it is a spectacle. You, you see some crazy things. What would you give it? I am at an 8 out of 10 for this. I'm pretty excited to see what happens next. Now, I'm at a 7.5. So I, I'm a little bit lower than you, but still pretty good. I mean, I it, the art, you said. The art, really, you can't really, you know, crap on it that much. It, yeah. You know, it's like a it's like a, a seven story in fifteen art. Exactly. I don't want to be a hope hole and then end up, you know, saying this. I'm just gonna keep <laughs> using that now. Thanks a lot, Jason. Aaron. You hope we, we don't we don't hope the funk. Yeah, really. We're not gonna hope the funk here. Oh my goodness gracious. But that is it. That is the end of the show. What is your book of the week? My book of the week is Moon Knight. Yeah, I think that mine ends up being a tie with Moon Knight and Avengers Forever. So there you go. You were a little more positive than me. I actually thought that at some points you were going to give like a, a 10, some craziness. Oh, yeah. But, uh, uh, you know, we're not Eric I, Shea I, I, here. I mean, seriously. I, I guess when I, when I read these books, I was thinking, boy, these are mostly a whole lot better than the last week's garbage. Yeah, we yeah so, that is you know, true. They, compared with some, all the stories actually made sense, which is nice. Yeah, but that actually helps out. I mean that is yeah, and that is a plus. It's a more pleasant reading experience. <laughs> it's a plus when the, the well, stories going, make sense. What the sense. hell yeah. is he doing? Yeah, what the hope? Where did he come from? Holy the hope. hope. End up where I will tell everybody what we will be at least some of the books we'll be talking about next week because, like we said, there were a lot of books this week, and we're going to push some over to the next week, including. One that I know that you love, Hawkeye Kate Bishop, oh. number two. Uh, <laughs> we'll be kid. talking about that. The ghost, return of the Ghost return Kid. Of ghost kid. Uh, and we all need a little more Ghost Kid in our life. But we also have some other things coming out as well. But from this week, I think we may talk about Avengers 51 as well, because it does seem to tie in a little bit with this, but also deals with that thing that you talked about before where it might be Jason Aaron stepping back a bit from the idea of the Phoenix 
being Thor's mom, maybe explaining it a little okay. more. That's in there as well. And we might be talking about Kang the Conqueror, uh, but also as well as the books that are coming out. Is this the final Kang issue from the series? Oh, well, we got to talk about it. Then. Yeah, that's why. Yeah. And I almost had it this week, but we already were stacked with books and things like that. So we'll be talking about that. And then some other big things. We'll have another Spider-Man, but we'll also have stuff like the death of Dr. Strange. Uh, next actual issue of that's coming out. And we've been digging that enough as well. So Sounds good. there's also, we'll talk about it. There's these wasteland books coming out. Hawkeye uh, ended up coming out this week. Wasteland Hawkeye wastelanders. I liked it enough. It was okay. There was some fun to it, but we'll, we'll talk about that. But if not, if you're into the wastelander stuff, that is actually better than that first Wolverine deal. But other than that, that's it. We're done, done, and done. We're going to get the hope out of here. And with that, go over to Merry our Twitter. Merry hoping. Uh, it's so crazy. I'm going to go up and just start yelling at my kids with that. They, they will just walk away. <laughs> but again, even if I use curse words, they probably just walk away. They shake their head. Uh, but go over to our Twitter at WS Marvel Comics. Follow us. We'll follow you back 100%. Let us know what you think about the show expanded deal, all of that. And maybe you disagree with some of the books that we like, didn't like, whatnot. But yeah, we're open for all that stuff. Also, go over to our website, which is weirdsciencemarvelcomics.com, and then go and check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash weird science, where you get a bunch of things, including this week's spotlight episode exclusive to the Patreon, where me and Jason talked about Amazing Spider Man. Number 82 and Miss Marvel Beyond the Limit, number one. So you can go and get even more of the reviews and a bunch of other shows as well. So check that out. And if you could, rate, review, subscribe, wherever you listen, all that stuff. But we're done. We are out of here. Go hope yourself is what I say. And thank you for joining me, Jason. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And we'll talk to you next week.